HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Welcome to Spill and Dish, a new podcast from the Specialty Food Association. Founded in 1952, SFA is the leading trade association and source of information about the $175 billion specialty food industry. We champion the food producers, retailers, and other buyers who make up the specialty food world. If you want to know more about membership, visit specialtyfood.com. In each episode, we want to share the stories behind the products made and sold by our members who are helping shape the future of food. You can listen and discover the inspiration, recipe, craft, culture, ingredients, and production methods that help answer the question, what makes specialty food special? I'm today's host, Megan Rooney, Program Development Manager at SFA. We're excited to bring you today's episode and so happy to be working with Heritage Radio Network, a nonprofit podcast network covering the world of food, drink, and agriculture, and expanding the way eaters think about food. Today's guest is Carla Krasner, co-founder and co-owner of Dufour Pastry Kitchens, a women-owned company founded in 1985. Dufour nationally supplies artisanal hors d'oeuvres and other savories, as well as ready-to-bake tart shells, all-butter puff pastry, and now a plant-based dough from its plant in the South Bronx. Welcome to Spill and Dish, Carla. Well, thank you, Megan. I'm happy to be here. So happy to have you today. For those that don't know, Carla, what does Dufour Pastry Kitchens produce? Uh, well, Dufour Pastry Kitchens has three product lines. Uh, we make handcrafted hors d'oeuvres. We make uh, raw, ready-to-bake tart shells that are also handmade, not made in a pie press, which is unique for uh, our company. And we make uh, puff pastry dough. We're uh, best known for our all-butter um, puff pastry, and uh, we've... Um, We've taken that now nationwide, and we've won many prizes at the Fancy Food Show. Thank you, um, Sophie, for helping promote the dough. 
Delicious. Can you tell me a little bit about your background, how the idea for this company came about? Sure. I had been working in um, classical concert music uh, management with um, my business partner for in, in Dufour, Judy Arnold. We had worked um, promoting the careers of uh, classical musicians. We worked in places like uh, Carnegie Hall, the Aspen Music Festival for concert promoters. And somewhere along the way, we got tired of promoting other people's careers. And we just decided that we wanted to do something ourselves that was creating a business and making a product of our own. And food was an idea we had. It wasn't something that we had uh, thought about before. I was a good baker. I enjoyed that. And Judy was a really great cook. And she came with very strong sales skills from what we had been doing. And uh, we just um, decided to experiment. We came up with an idea for a French-style uh, pizza, pizza saladier on a pastry crust. And we found a, an ad in the Times for um, some space at a caterer's kitchen. And we just went in experimenting. And it was the caterer who saw what we were doing. And she asked us if we could make uh, savory puff pastry hors d'oeuvres for her parties. And we said, well, sure. Uh, I ran home and opened my Julia Child cookbook. Uh, I had made mm -hmm. puff pastry once before. Um, and uh, we ran back in and we went through cookbooks and uh, you know, magazines and came up with recipes to fill in this puff pastry dough. And that was uh, really also our aha moment that there was a niche for this because we had no idea that a caterer would ever do anything, uh, present anything that uh, they hadn't made from scratch. So we was an eye opener to uh, an industry that we never knew was there. And that's how we started. Oh, at our name, we just decided, um, well, this was going to be a gourmet, high-end product. And at the time, long ago, uh, everything gourmet was French. So uh, we said, let's come up with a French-sounding name. And I actually was a French major in college. And um, we played mm. with some words. Um, D-U means um, from and uh, four oven, du four. We just said, okay, here's a a name where we had, we had played with others. Here's a name that Americans will be able to pronounce. And I remember I've been <laughs> listening with interest to some of your other um, podcasts, and I loved it when Paula Lambert talked about uh, how she named her company, the Mozzarella Company, um, because when she thought about Italian names like Formaggio, and at the time, um, it, it was like, how would Americans even know what this was and know how to pronounce it? Um so conscious of that, we made sure it was a name that didn't matter if people knew what it meant or not, that it was easy enough to pronounce because you couldn't mispronounce it. In fact, you asked um, if you were pronouncing it correctly. Well, there are only two ways to pronounce it, do for or do for. So <laughs> um, uh, the name stuck. And to this day, uh, people will still call asking for Madame Dufour, expecting that you know, <laughs> French founder. 
That's great. And how many years have you been in the industry now? Uh, Since we're incorporated, it's 38. Wow, that's great. Where did your love of food come from? Did your parents encourage you to try new foods? Oh, I wouldn't say that. Uh, No, I came from Mm -hmm. a family of, you know, kind of eating potatoes and uh, uh, a father who was uh, on the road uh, making sales calls during the week. And so at home, uh, on weekends, we'd have a nice, you know, normal meal. And during the week, my mother couldn't be bothered to feed four children, uh, you know, elegantly. So um, we would have uh, just the, the, the minimal. I remember being astonished once going to a friend's house and seeing um, sizzling steak cut fries, delicious, coming off of their stove. I'd never heard of such a thing because I thought French fries came from the freezer, period. (laughs) So funny. That's great. What are some of the things you do differently if you could start over? I think the main thing would be to recognize the point at which um, being entrepreneurs uh, meant letting go of some of the things that maybe uh, others could have done better. I think we all have a you know reputation for being very controlling, perfectionist. We were definitely perfectionists, and that I would not change. But mm-hmm. uh, bringing in a higher level staff earlier on, much earlier on, uh, we've gained so much from uh, the team and the input that we have from everybody now we have a great team um and it took a long time to be able to let go Mm -hmm. what was the biggest surprise about getting involved in the specialty food trade well the truth there is everything was a surprise because we knew nothing about it we had done no research before. It was so long ago. It was before the industry is anything like what it is today. There was very little competition in uh, what we were doing. There were, you know, the competition was very low-end savory hors d'oeuvres and pastries like uh, uh, potato puffs. So um, when customers discovered us, they were very happy to find us. It was not a really a hard sell. I would also say how, uh, and I've heard this echoed by uh, others of your podcasters, um, this industry is, is a very, it's really a welcoming one. Uh, and the help that we get along the way just by asking uh, colleagues and uh asking questions, um, for asking for help is very forthcoming. Early on, uh, when we ran into all sorts of problems, there was always a way out. Uh, in our early days, we had a, <clears throat> our first plant was in the meat market. Um, there were, we were really the only other food business that we knew about besides the um, meat packers who were still there at the time. Uh, when we outgrew our 900 square foot space, but we weren't yet in a position to move. We were able to, the, the, the uh, neighbors, some of the meat guys were, would let us use space in their freezer. I remember walking through Schuster Meats with cases of uh, frozen hors d'oeuvres past the meat carcasses just to go back into their freezer. They were really, that everybody is very nice. 
Yeah, that's great. There's a nice camaraderie in the industry. Carla, how has your brand evolved over the years? Well, we started out entirely in food service. Um, We were kind of word of mouth and and built a reputation among um, chefs in the food trade. We were selling hotels, restaurants, caterers, private clubs. Um, And then uh, we realized, well, um, why not try putting some of this in retail in the local stores? Uh, We did that, but it was kind of a sideline. The retail business um, eventually grew, and it it became mainly the puff pastry dough. Pre-pandemic, I would still say the majority of our business was in food service. And then when the pandemic hit, uh, of course, uh, you know, food service was reduced to practically nothing. And with the trend for baking at home, the retail soared. So everybody was after the puff pastry dough, um, and we really uh, got excited about making a bigger push into retail. And uh, we, at that point, also started developing social media, uh, which we hadn't really exploited before, and showing people at home um, what they could do with the dough. Our changes still are in line with the mission that we've had of really making um, products that leave room for creativity, kind of tools for the chef to be creative or the home baker to be creative and uh, give them kind of a blank canvas to start from there. Speaking of creativity, where do you find inspiration for new flavors and products? We try to follow the um, latest trends and cutting edge, what's happening out there in the specialty food world. We read the... um, the trades, the newsletters, we go to the trade shows, fancy food show, uh, natural food show, Expo West, plant-based uh, expo, and um, we absorb a lot, and then we internalize it and, and find ways to um, make these things work for us along the lines of how we develop our products. Great. What do you want people to know about Dufour that they might not already know? People might not realize that we have not changed our recipe from the time we started. Our process is still the same. It's very artisanal. Our ingredients are the same. We uh, have a formula that is really over 50% fat to flour, which is something that pastry chefs would um, understand. We don't compromise on anything. We still make uh, a classic puff pastry dough. There's no secret to our recipe. And um, we are processing it the same way too. It's almost like walking into a bakery where you see actual bench work. Every piece of dough is passed through the hands of one of our line workers who lovingly wraps it. I mean, it's just, it's a very um, tactile thing that we do here. And we love it that we still can make it the same way. People don't believe that we can produce enough to ship nationwide uh, with our artisanal processes. That's great. I love that idea of sticking with what works. So we're almost out of time, but before you go, we'd like for you to participate in our final segment, Take 5 
five questions for our guest. First, we're going to pause for a break. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's, the pizza restaurant, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. And of course, there's the two Michelin-starred Blanca tucked away in the garden for truly daring diners. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Welcome back. I'm Megan Rooney of SFA, speaking with Carla Krasner of Dufour Pastry Kitchens. Let's jump into five questions for our final segment, Take 5. Question 1. What is your favorite thing about the specialty food industry? I love the people in the industry. Uh, We're all a very passionate group about what we do, and it's so nice to exchange ideas and um, problem-solving with everybody. Question number two. What is one thing that SFA has made easier for you as a specialty food business owner? The Fancy Food Show was really a game changer for us early on. Uh, That's where we picked up our food service distributors. um, And we have now uh, food service distributors nationwide. Um, We uh, also were recognized early on for the quality of our products. We um, are grateful for the Sophies that we've earned over the years. And that's also helped with our recognition. Question three, if you weren't running a business, what would you be doing? Well, I love to do creative things. And, but the thing is, my job here is still creative enough that it's not like I have a need to run off and do all the art projects that I've got squirreled away at home. Um, in fact, um, just in the last couple of years, um, my team and I have developed a new product, which we're very uh, pleased to launch. It's a plant-based pastry dough. We've just, we're, uh, uh, we've had requests for things outside of our wheelhouse. I never thought that we'd leave butter um, to do something like this, but Mm -hmm. um, we came up with a product that we really like. And so we're pleased about that. And it, the creativity still continues here for me. Question four, what's the one piece of advice you'd give a new food business? I would tell people to make sure they can exploit every free resource that is possible for them. They should make sure they uh, go to their local economic development 
organization. Um, we have many here in New York City in the various boroughs. Uh, and um, there are a lot of nonprofits who will help businesses. There, There's a, um, uh, for manufacturers, ITAC, Industrial Technology Assistance Corporation. I think they have branches in many cities. Uh, they're just, even the for-profit accounting consulting firms, they have newsletters, they have webinars, they have uh, people you can talk to. Um, even if you're not paying them now, they're looking to get your business in the future. There are just uh, colleges and universities. There are all sorts of outreaches. Uh, just don't stop phoning and don't stop asking. Question five. How do you define specialty food? Uh, premium, best of the best. Uh, and providing this for home consumers, chefs, um, we had a uh, report actually from the Specialty Food Association at an event they came back from in California where the um, uh, top chef Thomas Keller was speaking to young chefs and telling them uh, how wonderful the specialty food trade is for them and is going to help them. And he, he quoted, uh, he said, Yes, you go to culinary school to learn how to make everything, but there are shortcuts. For instance, you learn how to make puff pastry dough and how all that intricacy, and that's great. But once you're uh, out in the workforce, uh, there are resources for you, like um, for puff pastry, do for pastry kitchens and so forth. So... We're, we're so pleased to uh, fill a need in this industry. And you guys are doing just that. Carla, thank you so much again for speaking with me today. And before we go, please tell everyone where they can find you or your products. Oh, sure. Well, we're in lots of regional specialty markets, uh, the Fresh Market, Harris Teeter, King's, Fresh Time, Shaw's, Jewel Osco, Texas Central Market, California Gelson's, East again, Hannaford, Moms, uh, West Coast, Albertsons, uh, Northern California, Safeway, and nationwide, we're in Whole Foods. You can find out more about the show at specialtyfood.com and heritageradionetwork.org. And remember to follow wherever you get your podcasts. Come back often to get to know the people who are shaping the future of food. And if you are in the food industry yourself, consider becoming a member of SFA by visiting our membership section on specialtyfood.com. Special thanks to Dufour Pastry Kitchens and to Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. This is Spill and Dish, a specialty food association podcast. Spill and Dish is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.